0: Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris.
1: Uh, One of the questions you had said to me was, oh, it was this one. It was uh, uh, how autism has changed me. And it's, uh, (laughs) sorry, I have a lot going through my brain. When I started my job at Comp Systems, I noticed I became more observant of what was going on around me because I had to pay attention to what was going on with my clients. Because if something was off, Sometimes our nonverbal individuals can't tell me that something's wrong. So I need to be paying attention so that way I can help in whatever way I need to. going along with that, it's made me significantly more patient, (laughs) Um, which the patience thing is kind of a double-edged sword, is that the term, in that. Yes. I am so much more patient than I used to be. However, I'm also a little less patient with typical people, specifically typical adults (laughs) because I know they know better. So (laughs) when a typical adult starts acting in a way that even my atypical clients at work know not to act, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I get a little frustrated and I get a little less patient. My patience is wavering. I'll say that. How about that? (laughs) But I used to just, I feel like I used to be just very impatient all the time. So at least I've grown a little bit in that sense. And I'm also a lot better at problem solving because we have so many uh, individuals at work who are nonverbal. I don't know what they want for instance i believe it was last week or the week before one of my clients at work kept saying no fan no fan and i thought he was talking about the fan above the stove i was cooking and i'm like i'm sorry i need this on or else the smoke alarm will go off because the steam from i believe i was cooking potatoes or something the steam from that there's a an alarm right above the stove And I didn't want it to go off. I said, I'm sorry. I have to keep the fan on. He kept saying, no fan, no fan. I went, I'm sorry, dude. You're just going to have to get over it. I don't know what to tell you. And he went back to his room. And then as he was walking back to his room, I remembered he has a fan in his room. He might not want it on. So I went back there. I said, do you want your fan off? And he said, OK. So I turned the fan off. And then he continued to say, no fan, no fan. And I went, no, I turned it off. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean no fan? Um, And luckily he has a communication device like, mm-hmm. what's it called? Nova chat? Yeah. Yeah. I believe, yeah. He has a Nova chat like Isaac's. Yep. And so I asked him to tell me, what do you mean? No fan. And he ended up saying you wanted to call his dad. <laughs> So I was like, wait, how did we get from no fan to you want to talk to your dad? I think what he was trying to say was just, I'm not, I don't even know, it was no no fan. He just. I think he just wanted to get my attention so that way he could say, hey, I want to call my dad, yeah. but he can't say, I'd like to call my dad. Because he doesn't have a lot of verbal communication. He can say sentences, but not fully. Mm-hmm. You know, he has limited what's it called? Is it's just limited communication, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would
1: say. Yeah. So yeah, he just can't speak full sentences. So he's doing the best he can. So I've gotten a lot better at problem solving.
0: Yeah, we <laughs> we, we do that quite often with Isaac. Yeah. Just say no. mm-hmm. Yeah. Henry's pretty good about understanding what Isaac is saying and I think all of us are because we live with them but uh, I think people who are around him at school understand what he's trying to say but um, if he comes across someone for the first time and he's trying to tell him something it's a little bit yeah hired but yeah yeah I had a remember Henry told me once he was somewhere I don't remember where it was like last year and there is like this kid like eight or nine he asked his mom's like why is that kid speaking spanish
1: oh no (laughs) well you know
0: i thought that was the funniest thing in the world i think isaac would too but
1: that is very funny yeah sometimes that's just how it is (laughs) yeah yeah, I think it definitely helps when you're around them all the time.
0: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: And normally I'm pretty good at understanding what he's trying to say as well. Yeah. But sometimes he just says really silly stuff that makes no sense mm. and his end goal is not anything close to what he, the what he was saying is, you know?
0: Yeah, that's definitely a challenge.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That one luckily isn't too bad of a challenge. I can get through that one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so thinking back through your work history in school, do you think you would have gone into the the children's theater and then, you know, the Sturges Youth Theater stuff if it hadn't been for Comp Systems? Or do you think, did that prepare you, do you think, for your theater stuff? Or do you think they're kind of interchangeable?
1: That's tough to say.
0: Like take away your comp systems, do you experience completely? And you went into the theater blind, like everyone else, probably most other people. What do you think your experience would have been?
1: I think it would have taken me a lot longer to get to where I'm at, and yeah. my journey already took too long. You guys, it <laughs> took me forever to realize I wanted to do this and to get to where I'm at so i I think working at comp systems definitely helped, but I also kind of think they're interchangeable because I would have eventually gotten here anyway, I think so yeah. yeah i I care about other people too much to not have gotten here, I feel like, especially people on people on the spectrum. yeah, I witnessed too many too many. Too many people, when I was in high school, not handling situations surrounding people with disabilities well for me to not get to this point. That's, that's actually something that working with this population has helped me with, is I now am a much better advocate for other people, especially people with disabilities and on the spectrum, because there, there, like I said, there were so many times in high school and middle school where I saw someone treating someone with a disability poorly and I, I never said anything because I didn't think I should, or I couldn't, I don't know what my problem was, but now if I hear anything, I speak up really fast. Um, a good example is I had taken one of my clients who is nonverbal and he has, he gets sensory overload. So he has headphones anyways. He we, and we went to Fairway, I believe. We were almost done with our grocery shopping. And I don't know if you know the Fairway over by, oh, what is that? It's First Street yeah. over there. So that fairway, their freezer aisle is a little thin Mm -hmm. and we were on one side and I was asking him to help me, you know, grab stuff out of the freezer. And this older woman came by and the way she walked by us made me go from zero to a hundred very fast because she looked at him and then she shuffled as far away as possible on Other freezer passed him and looked at him with this look of disgust that made me so angry that I ended up yelling at her. I said, he's not going to give you his autism. (laughs) And then she ran away, very clearly mortified. So I was very upset. You actually, Chris said in one of your podcast episodes that you do a really good job of not saying anything when your emotions get high i'm not that way unfortunately i now say something really fast i'm like what's your problem you know props to you because i can't do it <laughs> that it that comes back with that my lack of patience for our typical population
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't yeah. have a lot of it
0: yeah so we we've seen many looks um, over the years, yeah, uh, a lot of judging looks by other people, like can't you keep control of your kid? Kind of thing. We don't get that now. Isaac's really good, you know, when he goes out, but we still get some looks, yeah, know, every now and then. But uh, yeah, when when he was little, it was a <laughs> whole different story. So
1: yeah, yeah. I and I applaud my parents, because growing up, a lot of times I would hear that from my parents or other people of, if you can't control your kid, don't take them to the store. And when I was a kid, I didn't think anything else. I was like, yeah, they're being kind of loud. That's really weird. (laughs) And, you know, looking, (laughs) looking back on my life, I go, well, maybe, just maybe they might've had autism or some sort of maybe i don't know adhd or something or literally any other disability and they can't control it
0: yeah
1: so it's but i don't know a lot of people
0: got a kid for all we know well yeah it could be I,
1: it could just be a kid <laughs> being a kid <laughs> yeah
0: i'd like to think now i can I could see some difference between a kid that's throwing a fit because they aren't getting what they want versus a kid who's having a little meltdown because they're overwhelmed or you right. can kind of tell, but it takes, I wouldn't have noticed the difference when I was younger, but right. I would know, I would like to think I would know a little bit more. And so I, I don't usually, I usually just try to give people like a, that, the, the, the smile that you give people, You know, that looks, you know, like, I've been there kind of look, you know, like, I feel for you, look, you know, like, (laughs) it's okay, look. It's hard to do that now when you wear masks around to give people a look, but...
1: uh, Yeah, your eyes just kind of get wide, and you look a little scary.
0: (laughs) Takes a bit more effort, but you can can do it. Yeah.
1: Yes. And that's the problem is people don't want to put in the effort. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Once in a while, there's been a few times when people have actually said something to tie in our eye about you know like you guys are doing a great job i can tell you're doing a great job and that's just like with that comes, it's like out of the blue and a lot of times it's like you know you're just like i just say thanks because you just you don't know what to say and then you're like by the time you get back to the car or whatever you're just kind of overwhelmed with emotion <laughs> you are like oh gosh you know let yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so so we're going to move it to the advice section, yep, Noah? Yep. Okay. So going back to the theater area, um, so what advice would you give for theater majors or people that are in theater interested in working with kids or adults with autism, or really just with kids or adults in general?
1: Let loose. People are so uptight. <laughs> people get very... I need to do it this way. And no, oh, we're, we're playing, but it's structured play. And I'm going Pfft. structured play, schmucksured play, just let loose, just have fun. I mean, with kids on the spectrum, sure. There needs to be some structure. Maybe, I don't know if you're going to tell a story stick with the beginning, middle end, but even kids on the spectrum deviate from that. They will decide that they want to do something else, go with it. Who cares? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if they're having fun.
0: Yeah. I lose. you do know? You ever, do you ever try to find things that they're interested or obsessed by and try to use that as a tool during the theater process?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. A, a good example of that is our friend i don't i don't know if i'm allowed to say names but we have uh i i feel weird about saying people's names if i haven't gotten permission but they're you what
0: just make up a name
1: okay well (laughs) i'm bad at that (laughs) As a theater major you'd think i'd be a lot better at it um either way one of our students obsessed with vacuums
0: yes yes yeah.
1: we would incorporate vacuums if we're able to
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: simple easy yeah. what's this pool noodle a vacuum great let's use it as a vacuum you know what i mean yeah yeah we would we do stuff like that all the time
0: or handshakes
1: handshakes are the best yes we incorporate handshakes into things too yes exactly it's so easy to do just if you're, if you're willing to go with the flow during this structured play or whatever, you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's just have fun and let them take you whichever direction they take you. It's probably not going to end in the place you thought it was going to (laughs) end. That's what Greta tells us all the time. She goes, start with an idea and where it ends, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. That's good. And, you know, In terms of, like, from a parent's point of view, the structure part is have it at a consistent time and a consistent location. And then when you get there, then you then go with whatever you just said. Yes. Yeah.
1: That type of structure is very important. Yes. Once you're there, <laughs> yeah, go wild if you want, I guess. But yeah. it is very important to have it in a specific place at a specific time. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree with that yeah. wholeheartedly.
0: We've Isaac's been in activities where they they might change the location at some point after it's been in one, and that's really hard for him because um, he's used to going to that one location. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, you had mentioned when you talked to Kevin Droe yeah. about introducing him to that space first. That's very important.
0: Yeah. Very- so we we've tried to adapt, and some kids are fine, and some kids it's a little bit more of a challenge and, and sometimes you don't know until you introduce the new space, right? So, yeah. um, you don't have, you have no idea for sure. So, and maybe it wasn't the space, maybe it was the time. And so you just, right. don't, you just don't know. Yeah. But, it's
1: hard to, it's hard to know.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Looking at the advice, what advice would you give people interested in working with, um, the population that you work with at comp systems? In if, someone was my, thinking, if someone was kind of thinking about, huh, I wonder if that would be interested, interesting to do, what would you say to them?
1: I tell people, this is the thing I say to any of my friends who are interested in working at my job. I tell them, it's a great job. However, it is emotionally and physically demanding. It really is. If you genuinely care. It's very emotionally draining sometimes. Unfortunately, you can't always avoid behaviors.
0: Yeah.
1: There, There are behaviors at my job specifically. Yeah. There are other companies who have differing levels of behaviors. So the worst thing that happens to me at my job, I get bit by a grown man because he's mad. That's it. That's the worst thing that happens at my job. I can handle that. That's fine. Noah has seen me come in mm-hmm. to Sturgis Youth with my arms all wrapped up. I look like a mummy. Um, and people get really scared about that. However, that is one house out of the eight that are at my company. So just if you don't want to deal with that, don't work at my house. <laughs> Ask about a different house. You know what I mean? Tell tell them your limits. I also tell them that if you're in it for the paycheck, do not come work at my job. My boss gets kind of mad at me when I tell people that because they're like, we need staff. <laughs> we need people. Um, that's, that's the thing about healthcare and being a caregiver as a job is we constantly need staff members. We constantly need help. It's unfortunately... We don't get paid enough for the job that we do. And the government is not kind. Like I said earlier, the government is not kind to people who live in a group home or people with disabilities in general. So we're often understaffed underpaid and it's, it can be very hard work. Sometimes it can be very easy, good days, very easy, super simple. Bad days, it can be long and difficult. So I tell people, if you're in it for the money, do not come work for my company because you need to care. You have to care about the people you're literally physically caring for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have to do lifts sometimes because we have people who are wheelchair bound. We are not just there to hang out. We're there to cook, clean, take care of them You know, get them ready for bed, get them up in the morning, help them eat, uh, help them go to the bathroom, all of this stuff that you would do as a caregiver. So I, I tell people, imagine your parent is older and you now need to take care of them. That's what you're doing. But for people with differing abilities and of all ages, you just have to, you have to care about them in order to do this job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had. Uh, I remember we used to have a program with Kmart before they unfortunately closed down. Um, we would go in and get like clothes or just fun stuff to to do on the weekend or something. I don't know. And there was this one cashier. It really bothered me because she would always say, "I was an angel helping angels." I don't. I don't know why, but it really bothers me when people tell me I'm a hero for the work I do, or I'm an angel. Oh, you're such an angel. Oh, it takes a really special person to do your job. It it does not take a special person. I guarantee you, it takes a person who cares. That's it. <laughs> I I don't know.
0: I am going to disagree with you, Kendra, because I, I do think I don't think everyone is wired to work at a job like that. And
1: I will agree. Okay, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. So but I don't like it when they call me a hero because I'm like I'm not a hero.
0: You're I'm not just, a hero.
1: <laughs> I don't like it when that when people <laughs> tell me that because it bothers me a lot. But but you know I do agree. It doesn't. It there are not as many people. Yeah. And that that also might be my own bias in that I think more people should care about other people. That might just be me. <laughs> I, I feel like not enough people care.
0: Well, okay. So my perspective is I'm a parent. So my kids were born. They're my kids. I, I have to take care of them no matter what their abilities um, are or not. Right. Right. So that's, that's my life. Uh, You, you could just, you didn't have to choose to work in comp systems. You could have quit a long time ago. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so people like you, who care enough to go and work with the people that we love so much and care about so much means a great deal. And so it's a big deal. So don't don't sell yourself short. We need more people like Kendra working with <laughs> with our people. So
1: well, that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> See when you put it like that, I'm like, yeah. well, okay, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's in the phrasing. Maybe I just don't like the way some people phrase it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, that made me feel a lot better. Thanks, Chris.
0: <laughs> well, you're welcome. With know anything else you'd like to? No, I share. No, I think we're pretty soft, pretty good. Are we in agreement that Kendra's a goofball? Yes, we were both.
1: I'll agree. I am also. I am also in agreement that I am a goofball.
0: And I didn't even do a dad joke during this whole interview.
1: I was looking forward to a dad joke. Oh man! I it's because I was so I was so nervous about messing up. I'm. You, you guys probably already know. I seem a lot more confident as a teacher than I actually am in real life. So (laughs) I get very nervous when, and I also, I already told you, Chris, I was like, I'm a little starstruck because this is so cool. I think podcasts are the coolest and I love that you guys are doing this podcast. So uh, when you asked if I would join you, I got very excited and also very nervous because I thought, Oh man, What if I say something that's awkward or weird? What if I show everyone my true personality? (laughs) So you guys already know all this stuff about me though. So
0: (laughs) wait, I realized we never talked about drama therapy. Oh, okay. One minute summary. What is drama therapy?
1: So, drama therapy is a therapy-based occupation centered around drama and play. So, there is a difference between play therapy and drama therapy, Mm -hmm. but drama therapy is specifically theater-related. I don't know a whole lot about it because I'm not there yet, but I'm going to apply this fall for drama therapy programs. There are only six accredited drama therapy programs in America. So wish me luck that at least one of them likes me enough to take me.
0: (laughs) Cool. Thank you for that summary.
1: I'm hoping for Antioch in Seattle. That would be really great. Awesome. Yes. That's cool. But yeah, I I've always wanted to help people in a therapy setting, but I, you guys know about my love of theater Mm -hmm. and i have not uh drama therapy is also an up-and-coming profession so it's starting to become more popular and i would like specifically to work with children on the spectrum.
0: all right well thanks kendra for being on the podcast
1: thanks for having me you guys
0: thanks for listening